go ahead and take your Bibles and go to the book of Romans. Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. Let's read verses 1 through 3. It says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank You so much for Your Word You've given us. And Lord, we just thank You for just the singing that we've already heard. And dear God, I just I pray that uh, Lord, the people's hearts have been blessed through that. And I pray it will be blessed and we'll all be helped uh, through the message and through the preaching of Your Word. In Your name we pray. Amen. Tom, if you could turn that down a little bit. It's ringing on me. But uh, Romans chapter 12, uh, verse 2 is where we're going to get our text verse today. I want you to almost look at that verse again. It says, "...and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind." And this is where I get my text. "...and that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God." Proving what is good and acceptable. We live in a world today where what is considered good and acceptable is a far cry from what the Bible has to say. I don't think we're going to get any doubt on that here. That what is acceptable today, I mean, not that long ago was considered unspeakable. It was just stuff that people didn't even talk about because it was just you didn't talk about stuff like that. We don't we don't talk like that. You know, we don't bring up that type of subject. You don't bring up that kind of wickedness. And yet today it's it's celebrated. Uh, you know, it's common. I mean, we've become so desensitized to sin and just wickedness. You know, I mean, uh, anymore we can hear, listen to the news and we'll hear just about all the shootings and things, and it doesn't even phase us anymore. We can hear about a school shooting, and you know, we're, we've become used to it, haven't we? We've gotten desensitized to it. You know, you, uh, in Chicago, every weekend you hear about all the people that get shot up out there, and nobody cares anymore. Because we're used to that type of bad news. We're used to that. You know, the wickedness that goes on in television, the, the just the vile filth that they're allowed to show on there, and people, they don't even bat an eye when it comes to it. They don't think anything of it. Uh, they'll talk about how great it is. I mean, and it's just, uh, it's ridiculous where we've gotten to. And the Bible says that we're, as Christians, we're not supposed to be conformed to this world. And we're also supposed to be proving what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And you know, the question I want to you know, talk about not so much say on, on how to prove it. You know, I think we you know we in here know we know what the Bible says. We know what the scriptures say concerning a lot of these things. But why is it? How did this happen? Where wickedness has become so accepted, where we have just totally accepted it, we've totally celebrated it. How has that happened? And I believe one of the reasons is that we have left people no example to follow. I mean, when you stop and think about it, when it comes to morality these days, who's supposed to be setting the standard for it? I mean, who is it that's setting the example for most people today? Really, it's it's the Hollywood crowd. I remember this was years back. This was this was several years back before 
Miley Cyrus went as crazy as she has gone. She had done something. I don't remember what it was, but I remember this mom called in the radio. She's like, who are our kids supposed to look up to? Who are we supposed to have for role models for our kids? And I'm thinking, if she was already their role model, your kid's in trouble. I mean, it was, it was pretty sad, but everybody's looking at these Hollywood characters. You know, What are we going to do about all these athletes and things that are beating their wives and setting bad examples? And Why are those guys even our role models anyway? I mean, who cares if somebody's good at catching a football or throwing a basketball through a hoop? I mean, I enjoy sports as much as anybody, but I'm going to tell you right now, not only are those people not my role models, they are definitely not people I'm going to point my kids to for role models. They're not the ones that are supposed to be doing that. The ones that are supposed to be setting the standard, the ones that are supposed to be setting the example, the ones that are supposed to be proving what's good and acceptable are... God's people are the Christians. And you know what? We're not setting that example. What's happened? Well, the Bible tells us right here, it says in verse 2, it says, and be not conformed to this world. And I believe that we have rejected that verse. We have conformed to the world. We've become more like the world in our morality, in our lifestyles, in the way that we, in the way that we dress. Even in church services today, We've patterned our music after the world's music. We've patterned the way that we entertain and do everything after what the world's doing. That's not what we're supposed to do. The Bible says not to be conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We're supposed to prove what's good and acceptable. We've got to set, we've got to set the example. And I'm telling you, the world, it's doing some pretty goofy stuff. It's getting into some pretty crazy things. And it just, it saddens me how anxious Christians are, and even a lot of preachers, how anxious they are to just jump on board with anything new that comes out there, anything new that all the world is doing. And somebody's got to be setting the example. Somebody's got to be showing people, because, you know, the truth is, they're like, uh, you know, um, there's always all these talk about, you know, kids, these, you know, the teenagers these days. You hear, see some of the trouble that they're getting themselves into. And people are always asking the question, you know, where are the parents? And if you talk to these parents, you know what they'll tell you? Oh, they're just being kids. You know, that, that's what, that, that's what they do. I heard a guy that just this week, he was talking to somebody and apparently he just got in trouble with the law. And he wasn't talking to me, so I didn't say anything, but I was just kind of there and I heard the conversation. And he's talking about how he got in trouble with the law and he was just like, he's like, you know, it is, you know, you were young once too, talking to the guy. And I'm like, it's a good thing you didn't say that to me because I was like, yeah, I've been young, but I've not been stupid. <laughs> and, and the truth is, people, not ashamed. Uh, that's just what, that's what young people do. And young people these days is considered, it's not just teenagers, it's people in their 20s. Because people today that are into their 30s are acting like teenagers and it's ridiculous. And you know, who's going to set the example for them? Because you know, the truth is, a lot of the problems that's going on in the world are going on in the churches today with God's people. Why? Because we've been conformed to the world. If we let our kids have the same role models that the world's kids have, our kids are going to do the same things, aren't they? I mean, if we if you let your daughters have role models like, you know, Miley Cyrus or whatever, they're probably going to dress like them. They're probably going to want to do their hair like them and act like them, or, or some of these Hollywood actresses. You know, if you let your boys have a role model like, I don't know who's Fifty Cent, or I, I, I'm not that up to date on a lot of these uh, a lot of who these people are. I, I know Fifty Cent. I watched him throw out that first pitch of the ball game. Anybody see that? 
That was funny. <laughs> that, that, that was funny. Look at 50 Cent and his, his first pitch of the game. You know what? If, if I let him have a role model like that, they're probably going to want to dress like gangsters. I'm probably going to have to start telling them to pull their pants up and you know, drooping them down all the time if they're following role models like that. I'm not, so I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to point them to those people because I don't want them to be conformed to the world. I don't want them to start picking up on the world's hairdos and the world's clothing. And I, I, I don't want them to do that. And as Christians, we've just we've not given people an example to follow because you know what? There's preachers today that look just like the rest of the world. I mean, there's preachers out there that I know of today that if they weren't married, I'd swear they were something else. I mean, they just I know that being feminine as a guy is kind of in right now. And let me tell you something, ladies. There is nothing wrong with a lady being a lady. There is nothing wrong with a female being a female. It is a wonderful thing in the eyes of God. But let me tell you, it's an abomination when a man's being like a female. And vice versa. Alright? Guys, I love guys. I am a guy. But you know what? Women are not supposed to be guys. God made us different for a reason. And don't let these people out there tell you, ladies, that you've got to be like the men and... Men, you don't have to be like the ladies. Okay, men be men. That's ladies be ladies. That's another subject. But you know what? People they're conforming to the world, and it's amazing. You know, especially young guys these days. How many of them? I mean, I don't even like imitating their voices because I I don't even like to talk like that, and it just irritates the snot out of me. I can't stand it. It's not right, and you know, it's, it's conformity to the world, and we should not be that way. We don't have to talk like everybody else. We don't have to use their terminology. We don't have to use their foul language and things that they use. We've got to set the example. And part of the problem is we have remained silent when the world needed a voice. Matthew chapter 14 and verse 3, I love the story. John the Baptist. I love John the Baptist. And the Bible said there was no man born among women greater than John the Baptist. Greatest man around. John the Baptist, he was a very uh, outspoken individual who wasn't afraid of anybody. And he's talking to Herod. And he says, For Herod had laid hold on John and bound him and put him in prison for Herodias' sake, his brother Philip's wife. Herod married, went and took his brother's wife. Not supposed to do that. That was against the law. The Old Testament law. Which I know in America today, they don't totally go by this law. But God still goes by this law. And it's still the law whether you like it or not. And you know what John said to him? In verse 4, For John said unto him, It is not lawful for thee to have her. And boy, did she get mad. And you all know what happened. John ended up getting his head chopped off because of that. Herod, he made a stupid vow to Herodias' daughter. She danced for him. And he said, Ask whatever you want. And so Herodias' mom stepped in, or not Herodias' mom, Herodias stepped in and told her daughter, ask for the head of John the Baptist, that guy that spoke against me and what I was doing. And you know what? The world needs somebody to speak out and say, this is wrong, this is unlawful, it's not right, somebody's got to do it, and you know what? It's not going to be our politicians. They just go with the flow. I don't. I, if people could just realize that when it comes to politicians, I was watching a, a documentary and things and just showing how some of these people 
when it comes to politicians, I mean, they will be crying over them after, when they're speaking. They're so excited. Let me tell you, there is no man that you need to get that excited about that you're, you know, you're bawling and crying when they're speaking. Okay, these people, they are, they're pretty much just puppets. They are, most of them are cowards. They just go off whatever they think will get them elected. Whatever they have to say. And do you know what? These same people that are governing us right off the cliff, if, if people would just stand up against them and speak out against them and stand for right, they would too. They would. If enough people would say, you know what? We're done killing babies in their mother's womb. If enough people would stand up and say something against it, if these people that are voting or that that are for things like abortion were all getting voted out of office, you know what? They'd all change their mind. That's why they've all changed. Their, they're all changing their mind on the whole gay marriage thing. You know why? Because Hollywood and the news media—they're influencing people. They're getting people to change their mind, and all of a sudden, politicians are changing their mind too. And you know, of course. I remember President Obama when he was running the first term. He was against gay marriage. Why? Most of America was against gay marriage. Well, things have changed in the last few years. So in the next election, yeah, I'm for it now. And of course, the news media, that's because he's evolved. They, they all kept using that term, he's evolved. You know, he, It's like, no, he's not. America has evolved. Or devolved, I guess you could say. <laughs> America's devolved. And therefore, yeah, he's changed his position. And a lot of other ones have too. And you know what? If it shifted back to the other direction, they would too. That's what they all do. That's why we need to stop getting mad at politicians and get mad at ourselves. Because it's our fault. We're the ones that are supposed to set the example. We're the ones that are supposed to be speaking out against these things. But we're scared to death to make anybody mad. We're... We just we want everybody to like us, and listen. I'm, I don't think it ought to be. Some preachers, I think it's their goal to make everybody hate them. They think that makes them more spiritual. It's their goal to make everybody mad. And listen, I, I think it ought to be our desire. I think it's okay for you to want people to like you, and it's okay to not want to make people mad as long as you don't sacrifice truth for that. And you know what? If we don't sacrifice truth, then or if we tell the truth, we're going to make some people mad. We're going to ruffle some feathers. We're going to be unpopular. And thank God there's always been people in history that weren't afraid to make some people mad. Thank God there were people like John the Baptist that called out Herod. They didn't care that he was a king. They weren't afraid of him. To his face, he said, it's not lawful for you to have it. That's your brother's wife. He called him out on it. And we've got to have people that will do that. We need preachers that will call people out and say, hey, this is wrong. This is is a sin. We need parents that will tell their kids. Parents these days, they're scared to death of their kids. They, oh, they, they, we, I can't tell them that. Why not? You're their mom. You're their dad. No, oh, no I can't tell them they can't do that. All the other kids are, getting, are doing that. All the other parents let them do it. So what? That, you got to tell them. Parents, they don't even want to tell their kids what's right or what's wrong. We can't do that. Let's let them sow their wild oats. But... Then they get to reap their wild oats, and we we've we've got to have leave an example, and because we've not left an example, because we've backed off, because we've been quiet, things have gotten where they are, and they're going to keep getting worse until we start taking a stand. Also, and I know this is something that we might you said oh, I've never done this before, but we're going to read Second John, and you can see if you may have done this before. You you didn't mean to. You might not have meant to. But you did. Second, uh, but we've encouraged the wicked. 
Now listen, I'm, I'm not for all this stuff that's going on, but I've never encouraged anybody to do wrong. I've never encouraged anybody to do wicked. Well, yeah, you might have actually. Go look at Second John. Second John is only one chapter. Second John, one verse seven. We'll start reading in verse seven. Says, for many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Look to yourselves that we lose not those things which we have wrought, but that we receive a full reward. Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. If there come any unto you, and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house, neither bid him God's speed. For he that biddeth him God's speed is partaker of his evil deeds. When you bid somebody God's speed, that's basically you're just you're encouraging them. You know, when you tell like when you tell somebody, hey, have a good day. Even a, a goodbye. What what are you doing? You're just kind of blessing them as they go on their way. And really what it's talking about here, when somebody comes bringing in another gospel, don't don't do that. Don't encourage them. Listen, and you might think I'm rude, but I'm just trying to follow the Bible. Whenever Jehovah's Witnesses come by my house, after they get an earful of truth, okay, I usually end the conversation with, you know, I'll give them a verse or something, and it's really weird because you know what I mean. How do you end? How do we end conversations? You know, we always throw a goodbye or something in there. It's it's natural, but you know what? I can't. That's I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tell them goodbye. They're getting ready to go lie to my neighbor. They're getting ready to go tell my neighbor that Jesus Christ is not God. That's antichrist. I'm not gonna bless them on their way. And so usually I'll just end it with, well, based on Second John, I'm not allowed to. Wish any blessing as you go your way, so now would be the time for you to leave. And it's weird because how do you? We, it, well, that sounds really rude, but we do. We always bless people, don't we? But the Bible says if we do that, we are partaker of their evil deeds. And you know how most people are, and this this bothers me. Sometimes I'll be out knocking doors, and I'll be trying to take the gospel to people, and I will have somebody they will answer the door, and I, I, I hate when people if pe- if you tell me your religion, please. Act like you're that religion, all right? And and people will come. And they'll say, "I'm Catholic." Okay. Well, if you're Catholic, I'm preaching a different gospel. Okay. And you all say you believe the Bible, but yet these Catholics will talk about how wonderful it is. Oh, this is wonderful that you're doing this. This is wonderful. And they'll they'll tell me how great I am, and they'll say all these encouraging things to me. And it's like, wait a minute. If I'm preaching another gospel, you shouldn't be blessing me right now. You should be running me off. You should be, you know, you should be slamming the door in my face if you really believe that, because we're not preaching the same thing. Don't bless me. You know, I don't say that, but I'm thinking, you know, don't, don't. They shouldn't be encouraging me. They ought to be running me off. They ought to be discouraging me. But they don't. People do that all the time. Oh, that's just great. I just, I think all the religions are wonderful. I, really, even those ones that don't believe that Jesus is the Christ, those antichrist ones. And the Bible says when we wish them Godspeed, we're partaker of their evil deeds. And you know what? We've given, we give moral support to the wicked. We'll bless them as they go on their way and, and, and do their things for them. You know, we'll, we even give financial support to the wicked. 
I, I, I haven't written any checks to, to these people. No, just when you you know you think about just some of the filth that they play in some of these movie theaters, and we go and we'll go pay money and we'll watch these movies. You know what we're doing? We're supporting the industry that made the garbage. Why would we do that? You know what they're encouraged by? Not the letters you send them, not the reviews, by the money that comes in. You know they don't care what the critics say as long as people still come and watch their movie. They don't care. They that because that's what it's all about. It's all it's all about the money. You know it's pretty sad today how you you can't even hardly go to a restaurant without there being alcohol around. How did that happen? We quit saying stuff about it. We quit we quit complaining. You know, there was a time when Walmart didn't even sell alcohol. Now they've got it all over the place. Just beer everywhere. We've got, I mean, we, I mean, literally, they've got gambling now in almost every gas station. All this new video gaming stuff. Apparently, it's gambling. I haven't tried it yet. When I saw a video game, I'm like, hey, that sounds cool. But uh, apparently, it's uh, there's some gambling <laughs> gambling involved. Oh, I can't, just can't do that. But it's all over the place. Why? Why aren't we bothered by that? Why does why don't we say that we do we support these establishments we we give them our money we've given silent support to the wicked when you don't say anything then people are just going to assume hey you must be okay with it your kids probably try to say hey yeah dad I'm going over to so and so's house and you know they're trouble but if you don't say anything mom and dad's okay with it oh I was totally against it well then you should have said something. And maybe they wouldn't have done it, but we do that sometimes. We give our support silently, silently, and we have encouraged the wicked. That's why politicians, they'll throw things out, they'll try things, and they'll see if there's any backlash. And you know what? Sometimes there's no backlash. And so you know what they do? Okay, let's go, let's go ahead with this. Let's keep going with it. We didn't get in any trouble. Nobody said anything. Nobody made a big deal. And they've been encouraged to go ahead and do wicked. And God's told us that we've got to be the ones setting the standard. We've got to prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And we've gotten to the point today that when people like us talk about you know the things of God, people look at us like we're nuts, like we're from some foreign you know planet. That they've met, and like, what in the world are you people thinking? We're thinking what most of America used to think back when there was a voice, back when there were people taking a stand for what's right. And unfortunately, with our silence, we have encouraged the wicked to just keep on going and to keep on doing what they're doing. And that's got to stop. We can't do that. We need to discourage it. Listen, I, I mean. When I'm going into gas, I, I hate it. You can't go to a gas station without there being beer all over the place. I mean, for a while in Rock Falls, they couldn't sell beer in the gas stations, and then they changed it. And you know what? Obviously, there wasn't any backlash when they were talking about it. I, I didn't even know they were talking about it. I wasn't paying attention. I probably should have been paying closer attention to what's going on. But you know, when I go into gas, I mean, I, I'm not going to encourage that. You know what? When, when I see when I go into gas stations and that guy's coming in carting in that beer, I don't hold the door open for him. I, I'm not. I'm not friendly for those people. I'll sit there and I'll watch them struggle. That that's terrible. Listen, the Bible talks about a curse being on those that puts wine, gives their neighbors strong drink. I'm not getting involved in that. I'm not helping them at all. If anything, I'm going to hinder them. Sometime, if I'm in front of a beer truck, I'll drive a little bit slower. Say <laughs> so that's terrible. That's rude. Maybe it is, but it makes me feel a little bit better. But I'm telling you, I, we can't support wicked. We, in fact, we're supposed to discourage wicked. 
And we've got, and unfortunately, nobody's doing that. And people just go on their way and think everything's great. And you know, I, I do. I pity the guy driving that beer truck. I do. I, I pity that guy. I pity those bartenders and things. They're just trying to make a living. They are. They're just. They're just trying. They're just trying to make a living. Just trying to you know do whatever they got to do to to survive. They they don't know what the Bible says about those things. You know they don't know about the curse that comes with giving their neighbors strong drink. Therefore, you know maybe you know they haven't figured out that maybe that's why their life is in the mess that it's in. They haven't put the two things together. Nobody's ever told them. Nobody's ever said anything about that. And we've got to, we've got to do that. We've got to set the example. We've got to speak out. And it's amazing the things that are going on today. The people have no clue there's even a problem. There was a lady just the other day stopped by here and was wanting the church to pay for a hotel room for her and her boyfriend. Okay? Now, how could you ask a church to you know, pay for a room where you can go fornicate? They probably don't even know that word. And they don't know it's a problem and felt totally comfortable asking. Of course, we didn't do it. But no, they have, people, those people, they, people have no idea that that's a problem. And, you know, and these people too, their lives are a wreck. I mean, you know, telling us all these problems and everything going horrible. And it's like, I could be nice and I could not say anything. Or maybe I could be helpful and say, well, here's problem number one. <laughs> and you go, you know that guy that's hiding over the park? And making you come ask for this, okay. First of all, he's a coward. He won't marry you. He wants the benefits of marriage without any of the commitment. You know, and you, oh, that'd be mean. You can't do that. And, and, and I didn't do that. You know, I'm not saying I should have. I'm not saying I shouldn't have. But the truth is, I don't think she had any idea. She's on a destructive path, and it's not going to get any better until she gets some starts straightening some things out in her life. But where's she going to start? Probably has no idea. You know why? Because this book is completely out of our culture. Apparently, thou shalt not commit adultery is too offensive and it's too religious for us to have in court buildings and public schools. And look where we're at today. And we have. We've let it happen. There's no voice telling the truth anymore. Do you think kids these days know what the Ten Commandments are? Do you think most adults these days Know what the Ten Commandments are. Well, I know. Uh, thou shalt not lie. Thou shalt not discriminate. Thou shalt, I mean, you know, I, they don't know. I mean, it's, it's amazing how many people can make up. You know, they make them up, and it's it, it's because nobody's getting that message out there. We've given up in the fight for right. First Thessalonians chapter five. First Thessalonians chapter five, and verse sixteen. First Thessalonians five verse sixteen. Rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the spirit, despise not prophesyings. Okay, that's preaching. Don't despise what's coming. There's many if they were here today would despise what's being said. Don't don't hate what the Bible has to say. I know it says some things that we don't necessarily like, but don't despise it. And then it says, prove all things, 
Hold fast that which is good. Okay? Hold fast on it. Why do we got to hang on to it? Why do we got to hold fast? Why do we got to hang on tight? Because people are trying to take it away. People want to take it away. They Right now, we are all that's left that's setting the example and that's reminding of sin and convicting of sin and they want it out of the way. And if they can get all of us doing it, why do you think the news media loves it so much whenever a well-known preacher falls into sin? Well, because then nobody has to feel bad about all that preaching he did against adultery. Because he did it. And what does it do? It takes away the conviction. They love those scandals. They love bringing that stuff and and making a huge deal about it. And listen, I'm all for throwing those guys under the bus when they do that stuff. I'm all for it. I mean, throw them in prison, do whatever we're supposed to do. But let me tell you something. They like to bring it up because they think it cancels out all that they preached. And it does in a lot of people's minds. And the truth is, people are trying to take that away. They're trying to take our morality away. They're trying to take our decency away. They're trying to take our standards and convictions away. And we've got to prove it. We've got to hold fast on it. We've got to hang on to it. And then it says, abstain from all appearance of evil. Abstain from all appearance of evil. And the very God of peace shall sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. We've given up the godly standards we were supposed to have. We let go of it. You know, it's it's too inconvenient. It's making me unpopular. We're the only ones doing it. Here, world, you can have that too. Take it, throw it away. We've give, we've given up on things like confrontational soul winning. Oh, you're not allowed to. You know, you're you're allowed to have your religion, but you're not allowed to tell anybody else that theirs is wrong. Okay. That doesn't really work with what the Bible says. According to the Bible, we're supposed to tell the world they're a sinner. Well, sinner's not a good thing. That they need a Savior. And that there's only one Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm sorry, but that's going to go against what a lot of religions are teaching. And we're not going to give that up. We're going to keep on. We're going to, we can't ask people if they died, if they know they go to heaven. That's going to make them uncomfortable. Well, you think they're going to be comfortable in hell? Because that's going to be, they're going to be there for a long time. Hell is eternal. We can't give that stuff up. Oh, you know, that, that's just, that's awkward. Well, it's not going to be as awkward as it is on Judgment Day when they're being cast into hell and looking at you and saying, You're going to heaven? Why didn't you tell me? Well, that would have been awkward. <laughs> not as awkward as this moment right now. And they're going to spend, they're going to go spend eternity in hell. We can't give those things up. We've replaced the holy with the unholy. We, uh, we can't do that old boring grandma music. We, uh, we've got to bring in the new stuff. We've got to get that new sound in there. We've got to, you know, modernize everything. Can't do that. Okay, I'm not saying just because the song's new, it's bad. But I'm talking about this new, when you're talking about new, you know what I'm talking about. This new method. This, you know, we're not going to bring in the headbanging, Stuff it's not going to happen. Modernizing everything, modernizing our Bibles, you know, making them fit today better. And truth is, we yeah, we've replaced the holy with the unholy. We've also we've not publicly and visibly stood against sin. The Bible says abstain from all appearance of evil, just the appearance of evil. If it looks bad, stay away from it. Be be careful. Why? Because we don't want to encourage the wicked. I love when I go to when I go to Menards. I like to get the root beer that they have there. 
But you know, it looks like beer bottles, doesn't it? And you know, if I get those, I'm real careful. Because, one, I don't want a cop to think I'm drinking and then pull me over. But two, I don't want people to see me driving down the road drinking. And hey, look, there's Pastor Tommy. <laughs> drinking beer. He obviously thinks it's okay. I don't think it's okay. Okay, so and I don't I don't want to encourage somebody by thinking, hey, there's one more person that's doing what I'm doing. I'm going to stand against that stuff. And so uh, the appearance of evil. I'm not telling you can't have that, but you know, just look around <laughs> before you there. Or wait till you get wait till you get home. Said so, you know, is it a sin to drink out of a dark brown bottle? You know, technically no, but is it is a sin to appear to be doing evil. So, uh, so yeah, you, you got you got to be careful with that. You know, my wife she likes to get those sparkling grape juice that looks like it comes in the champagne bottles and stuff. But you know, she has to go late at night and no. <laughs> but uh, you know, why? Right. We don't want to appear to even be doing wrong. Don't want to encourage anybody. You know, I mean, to to me, people ought to be ashamed when they're buying that junk. They ought to be ashamed of it, and they're not ashamed of it. Why? Everybody. Everybody's doing it. Well, not everybody's doing it. Not everybody's doing it. There's going to be there, there's going to be some people that aren't doing it, and it needs to be God's people. We say, you know, we're we're not going to do that. We're not going to get caught up in that. So we've got to be careful where we go. Like I said, we give uh, we give approval just by our presence. Okay, if I go, uh, I, I told you all about it before when we went. We went and heard Rick Santorum. He was giving a speech over in Dixon. And I remember there was a bunch of Democrats there because he was speaking right by where the Democrat headquarters was. And you know where they all stood? They all stood over by the headquarters just kind of standing there like that. They wanted to hear what he had to say, but they wanted to make sure people knew they weren't in support of what he was saying. And you know that's why, same thing me. You know, If I go, you know, some of these politicians, it's the election season. You know, I wouldn't mind going and listening to some of them speak. I want to make sure I do something. I'll think of something to do. If, if I have somebody that I don't like, to make sure people know I'm there to criticize whatever they're saying. Or whatever. I, I don't want to appear to be supporting them. Because you know why? If a politician shows up, okay, like we got Pat Quinn and Bruce Rauner running for governor. Okay, if Pat Quinn shows up here in Rock Falls and has a huge crowd, and, and Bruce Rauner shows up and has a small crowd, what's everybody going to think? Wow. Pat Quinn must be better. Everybody likes Pat Quinn better. Pat Quinn's going to think, I'm going to keep doing what I've been doing because everybody likes me. Or if it's vice versa. You see how just that presence, it gives approval. It gives support. And we don't want to be supporting somebody if they're doing wrong. We've got to take a stand against evil. We've got, we've got to be a force that's against evil. And while many, most Christian people today we're not doing all the junk that the world's doing. We're not, you know, so you know, we're not, we're not doing a lot of things. You know, we're not drinking and doing all that stuff. We're not, you know, using the filthy language. But at the same time, we're not a force for good. We're not doing anything to stop any of that. The Bible says, I believe it's at the end of First John. I was just reading it. I should have written this one down, but it talks about. I thought it was First John. I came around. I just read it this week, somewhere in the Bible reading. But it talks about he that converteth the sinner from the error of his ways, saveth the soul from death, and hideth the multitude of sins. And I believe saving the soul from death, 
means they're getting saved. They're not going to go to hell. But also, there's now all kinds of sins that they would have committed that they're not going to commit. And the truth is, if we would win more people to Christ, there would be less sin going on. You think about you know some of these shootings and things that go on. Maybe if somebody won them to Christ, if somebody won them to Christ, they're not going to be going around shooting people. And the truth is, we've just become way too silent, and we've not been a force for good in the world. We've just kind of backed off. We've kind of went into hiding, and we need to be a force for good. We need to stand up, speak out, and we've got to prove what is that good and acceptable. And there's something we cannot accept them. We we just cannot do it, and we've got to take a stand. So with that, I want us all stand together right now with our heads bowed, eyes closed.